0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. If you're feeling anxious, stressed, or lonely in these difficult COVID times, call CalHOPE at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's one Hope will persevere. From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening
1: and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: The fantasy football season is over. The fantasy playoffs are over. But the NFL playoffs begin this week. We'll take a look back at Week 17 and look ahead to the first weekend of the Wild Card Games. Fantasy Sports Today starts now.
3: Fantasy Sports Today.
2: And welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. It is Monday, December 30th, 2019. Glad to be here with you once again on the show. Last couple of shows before we head toward 2020. We got Sean Guastamacchia producing this program. And uh, Joe, it is uh, time to get uh, out of fantasy football mode and get into NFL playoff mode. We got the college football bowl games going on and everything else. And uh, quite an interesting way to cap off week 17, I thought.
1: It absolutely was. I. I did get to watch Joe Burrow uh, have a million touchdowns at halftime, which was fascinating and fun. And then I got to watch the other great quarterback uh, engineer quite a little comeback there against Ohio State, the Ohio State. For those of you confused whether or not it was actually Ohio State or some other Ohio State. But yes, what what a fun, different organization of the NFL playoffs we've got now. We've got some teams in it that uh, certainly look like they are on the upswing. We've got some teams hanging on by a thread like my New England Patriots who seem like they are just, you know, it's just not their year, which I'm sure the rest of the NFL is absolutely rejoicing. But it's absolutely a uh, week 17 that has some playoff games within it. And uh, it was a fun day of football. That's for sure. I like when all the games are all there on Sunday. that That's a good time.
2: Yeah, and and it provides for a lot of drama, especially with the way that they set it up uh, with the four o'clock Eastern games. Unfortunately, there really didn't turn out to be a ton of drama as far as who was in and who was out. Those things just kind of sorted themselves out. But just uh, and we'll go through all of the the uh, the games coming up here in a minute. We have you know coaches fired and all that stuff to talk about, and we'll have that throughout the day. All the coverage here on FNTSY Radio, but the two AFC matchups. Joe end up being the Bills and the Texans. The Texans are three-and-a-half-point favorites, and the total is 42. The Titans and the Patriots on the Saturday night matchup. Uh, right now, New England is minus five with a 43 and a half total in that one. And the NFC, the Seahawks and Eagles, of course, Seattle and San Francisco played maybe the most exciting game of the year last night. Uh, Seattle at uh, Philly. Philly minus one-and-a-half, total of 46. Vikings at the Saints. And not a lot of love for the Vikings after the way they've looked down the stretch. And New Orleans is minus 8 and the total is 47. So uh, we know obviously there's going to be an upset among these four. I mean, we don't know who. We don't know what yet. We'll get down and dirty to that on Thursday here on the show. But, Joe, what are your early thoughts on these uh, playoff matchups? I think it's pretty obvious that Houston was going to get that Saturday at uh, 430. That was the one thing that (laughs) they play every year at that time, it feels like. That was the one thing that you knew. But the other other matchups are at least interesting because when you factor in wins and losses – Probably hard to go against a lot of the home teams, but we know it's interesting out of these four home teams. Someone's going down.
1: Yeah, someone is. Uh, I think it might be the Patriots. I really do. Uh, I mean, that was a look. The the game that they lost against the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, that was a game that kind of got taken out of their hands by the referees. And that happens. It happens to every team. But this was a game that they kind of just gave away. And uh, looking at what the Patriots are not on offense, I think the defense has been stressed a little bit over this length of the season. The Patriots defense was outstanding. They were all world for the first 10 weeks. And the last, I would say, six, seven weeks, it was, has not been quite the same. And I think that it's showing. And I think a little of the fatigue is showing, too, because you need this offense to have better drives, put up more points, have better scenarios where they can do more things on defense. And everything isn't so tight all the time for them. So with the familiarity there of variable in that group and the way Derek Henry has been running the football the way that Ryan Tannehill has been playing i think a lot of momentum of the titans controlling their own destiny looks really good right now for that being the upset believe it or not how about you do you think that's the upset or is there another one you believe is coming
2: yeah um you know i'll make the final call on thursday i hate to uh, you know i like to always let things set in a little bit unless there's a specific line that i see a ton of value with um and really the only the only time all year long that i did that was when um when Clemson was announced as an underdog to Ohio State. And mm-hmm. by the way, that that actually was not really getting ahead of anything because that went right down to the last second. So even though Clemson won, not going to sit here and pound chest on that one. That was a great, great game. But um, my initial thought of all of these is there's almost no way I'm going to take Houston. I just don't think so. I, th- I think I'll probably take Buffalo.
1: I would agree 100% with that too. Yeah, I mean, I old, think both these Saturday games look like the the, the away team is, I just is, is, I I is, mean,
2: you just make a living losing your your all your money betting against New England and I, I just I just don't I don't think I'm going to go down that road. Probably the next round, but I just even even though everything is working against them still, I can still see a rabbit out of the hat for one more time. Um
1: uh, yeah, it doesn't trouble you that they don't handle their business at home week 17. Yeah, I'm not emotional. Dolphins. I'm
2: not emotional about these things. It's point spreads. It's not it's not wins and losses. It's point spreads for me. Um, Seattle and New England or Seattle and Philadelphia. Seattle's been great. Everyone in the world is going to take Seattle, which makes me think Philadelphia is probably the right pick. <laughs> and, and then I don't have a strong opinion on Minnesota and New Orleans because this is not going to be. In my opinion, that game is is not gonna be one very uh very wishy-washy. It's gonna be clear cut. Either the Vikings are gonna make this super close and it's gonna go right down to the end or New Orleans is blowing them out. Like I don't think that there's halfway there. I just don't know which New Orleans team is gonna show up for this one. So um those are my initial thoughts on that. Uh we got the college football championship coming up, Joe, on the thirteenth. Let's hit on that real quick. Uh you mentioned L S U and Clemson. That line opened up at Clemson uh, LSU minus three, moved up to five and a half. The total is sixty nine. The game, well, sixty nine and a half. The game will be played in New Orleans. I'll probably take Clemson here. Um, is is my guess. I think the world believes LSU is better after the way that they played against Oklahoma, one of the worst college football defensive teams that has ever gotten to this point for sure. So um, I'm, I was impressed also, Joe, with Burrow. But look, I've seen him all season long. I think he's a great quarterback. I think Lawrence is better. Uh, but you know, certainly I can understand siding with LSU in this one too.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's very difficult to go against LSU when you see them just just put such an incredible hurting on a team. And I mean, I, what was your opinion of Oklahoma going into that game? Did you think that they were uh, going to put up the same fight an Alabama would have in that game?
2: I, I thought they would score a lot of points, 30 points, which is more or less what they did. I thought they'd give up a lot of points. And, uh, and, and Joe, they were right there on the doorstep of that backdoor cover. They were right there. It pretty much played out exactly the way that I thought. I thought they'd lose. I thought they'd be getting pounded. And then I thought they'd come back and you know, not win, but make it close in terms of the point spread. And, and that's exactly where you want to be with two minutes left. You have the ball. You have a chance to cover. And that's kind of the, the deal there. So I'm yeah. not, it, it, nothing surprised me in, in that one. What surprised me in the Clemson, Ohio State is just how Ohio State dominated. For almost a quarter and a half, with look, it looked like Clemson had no shot whatsoever in the game, and I was like, but "Wasn't wow. it early
1: Clemson this year too?" If memory serves, where the f- first month of the season, Clemson kind of got knocked around the first quarter, and then all of a sudden they turned the Jets on. that. F- I feel like that's kind of been. But the it's MMO's against Ohio, St-
2: Ohio State, though. Like, they, like they let Dobbins run wild, and it just was so mm-hmm. ugly. And I thought my analysis was completely wrong. And then you saw Lawrence run for a 60 yard touchdown. Well, that 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 was
1: yeah. the moment. <clears throat> that was the you know when he came out of that game when he got hit. And they came back in, and then a couple of plays later, just, you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the run. That was the game changer right there for them. I, I, I'm hard pressed not to think LSU wins that football game, but I, I'm going to be looking forward to it. I'm kind of bummed because we have to wait for what, the 13th, right? We have to wait yeah. a whole other week. Oh, yeah. man, that's kind of a bummer. I, can't we get this same game on the
2: 6th? It was the same thing last year, you know, three extra days basically so, from last year to this year. All right, the opening drive's coming up next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today.
3: Don't go away.
0: these days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. Worrying about physical separation, your own health, and the health of family and friends can weigh heavily on you. But with the help of CalHOPE, you can get important mental health resources and information to help you find your way in these difficult times. Call one 317 hope to talk to someone who can help. That's one 317 4673 HOPE will persevere. These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. CalHOPE, a program at the California Department of Healthcare Services, can connect you with resources for mental wellness. Visit CalHOPE at calhope.org to find tips and useful resources to support your mental wellness during these difficult times. Or call CalHOPE at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. Hope will persevere.
1: Fantasy Sports Today presents... First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. From the opening play and all the way for a touchdown. And
2: welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Fish and Joe Pizapia with you here on the show. This is the opening drive for December 30th, 2020. And nineteen, and let's get started with everything that happened in the NFL yesterday. First and foremost, let's start off with the NFL rushing title leader. As Joe mentioned, uh, Derrick Henry ends up winning the rushing title on the last day of the season with over 200 rushing yards. As strange as we've talked about how Clemson's first half of the season, how can you explain Derrick Henry? I, I, it's just so bizarre to me to think that I was watching a game in October where the Titans were, I think, if I'm not mistaken, shut out like 21 or 24 to nothing. But Henry just had another monster second half of the season and uh, and, and looks like a first round pick in fantasy football. If you would dare go down that road, he looks like I don't think there's <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a rushing title leader that we've ever considered not taking in the first round. He may be the only one.
1: And he missed a game. Let's not forget that he missed the game two weeks ago. He didn't play. So, uh, look, that was a tremendous performance. The team wanted him to get this. The offensive line wanted to get this. I wanted him to get this. This was my bold prediction on every podcast, every radio show, every TV show that Derrick Henry would lead the league in rushing because I I didn't think it was that bold of a prediction in the sense of you're looking at Derrick Henry being a focal point of the offense, being the best player that they have offensively, and also the style of football that they wanted to play. It all kind of worked out. Now, of course, as you mentioned, it's September, October. It was kind of like, all right, well, this is going to be tricky to get there, but my goodness. The calendar turns to November and Derrick Henry season begins. And those eight weeks are just absolutely glorious. And Derrick Henry, yet again, with an incredibly strong finish when you want him the most. Derrick Henry was a guy that we talked about on the DFS show time and time again. And when his value was down in that 7K range and he was having these huge games and eventually went to the 8K range. And by the time you turned around two weeks ago, he was 9.1K over on FanDuel. So all of a sudden, everybody started catching up, but they caught up too late. Um, Derrick Henry in a standard league is absolutely a first round pick. Uh, we'll see what happens with free agency, where he ends up, too. That's going to be a big deal. I don't know how Tennessee lets him go. I really don't. But I think that's a That would be a huge loss to that team. But look, you've got some playoff games ahead of him, and I'm excited for the Titans, and I'm excited for Derrick Henry because uh, I just think that's a big, strong man to tackle and a fun football player to watch. And I think a guy that was grossly undervalued in the fantasy community because he just doesn't catch the ball that much. Well, if he runs the ball for 1,500 yards, who really cares?
2: Yeah, he definitely got it done, and uh, the Titans, you know, two months ago, you never would have thought that they got to get two free agents locked up, Henry and, and Tannehill, and that's kind <laughs> right. of the way that they are heading into this game. All right, uh, the NFL coaching carousel will continue throughout the day. There'll be a lot of news, and we'll have it all for you throughout, but let's just kind of recap the early ones, Joe. Uh, Freddie Kitchens was the first one to be let go immediately after the game yesterday by the Cleveland Browns. Kitchens, by all accounts, is a very good guy. A lot of people like him there. Uh, when he talks, think the right things don't always come out of his mouth, some strange stuff. The Browns were uh, were not only well-respected by the community, but well-respected by Vegas. They continued to be favored in games this year. I have just, based on what, I have no idea, one of the most disappointing NFL teams in a long time. It's just he was not going to survive this. And my guess is, is that, you know, a few months from now, Joe, he'll sit back, he'll look, he'll have a, you know, a glass of wine, and some team will call, and he'll be the offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach. It's just that he was unable to manage everything that was going on in Cleveland this year.
1: Yeah, and most of these Cinderella stories, unfortunately, have this kind of ending. You know, they turned into a pumpkin. And last year at this time, it was the play calling of Freddie Kitchens, and that was the big difference maker. And it's funny because he wasn't the coach last year. Greg Williams was. So, yeah, maybe he was calling the plays well, but all of a sudden, you know, the turnaround of that football team last year in the second half for the Cleveland Browns, Greg Williams was the head coach. Now, he has a lot of issues, obviously. We, we all know the Bounty Gate scandal and all the other things. He's not exactly a warm, fuzzy fellow. But. I think regardless, there was a lot of expectations put on that Freddie Kitchens would be able to translate that play calling into head coaching, and they're not the same thing. Head coaching is a different animal. There's some guys that we've seen over the years be great coordinators on both sides of the football. Doesn't make them great head coaches, and we've seen some great head coaches who, you know, struggle with play calling at times. So this is not a surprise. We saw the team kind of eating itself for weeks. Uh, I mean, it was practically going on since training camp, but obviously losing always just expedites everything. So this is not a surprise. I would be very surprised if Jay Gruden wasn't the guy that they went after. Um, I think it's a, a good fit because they want somebody who's going to be a quarterback speaker. And I think he's going to be that guy. I don't I don't know if there's a candidate in your mind, Craig, but is there somebody that you think would be a good fit there for this gig? And I mean, who wants to go to Cleveland? Because going into this year, Cleveland looked like a really good spot now coming out of this year. I'm not sure if it is.
2: Yeah, they, they need a strong coach here and not and obviously they need a good offensive mind, but they can get that at a coordinator. But they're going to need some sort of guy that's not going to take any crap if they're going to have the same personnel that's on there. I mean, think about everything that happened this year with, you know, both Landry and Beckham, you know, popping off and uh, these strong statements from Mayfield and then Garrett with the suspension. It's just too much stuff. Happening.
1: And then in Joku also this week saying, yeah. I'm not coming back to play here if Freddie Kitchens is coach yeah. this past week. Yeah, they I mean, got not, a, they, not that he's the voice, but it just I'm seems not, like there's a, a lot of I'm not saying that voices. they
2: need a, a Coughlin. Uh, that, that, those days are done. You you have to have uh, a coach that's going to work well with players. and be a play. Every coach has to be a player's coach now. But you do need somebody that's going to be a little bit more serious, I think.
1: And it seems it, like one of those serious guys is already possibly ticketed to Washington.
2: So it could be. It could be. Ron Rivera. There's reports of him um, taking over the Redskins gig and Bruce Allen being out, which would be a you know, nice change for Washington. All of these years that they've had issues and Allen's been at the top of that. But as the day goes on, we'll continue to update all the uh, the coaching carousel. They call it Black Monday in the NFL And I would expect, uh, by the end of this day, three or four coaches to be let go for sure. Uh, Third down, we had one baseball move over the weekend, Joe. The Marlins signed Corey Dickerson. uh, Who would have thought that the Marlins would be the big free agent uh, winner from any weekend in baseball? But they indeed were. He'll play left field for them. And so, um, you know, it'll be very curious because the ballpark, although they did move the fences in, is, is clearly not as easy to hit homers as some of the other places that he's been, specifically PNC and uh, in Philadelphia last year. But if healthy, Joe, I could probably see, you know, 20 home runs and 130 or 40 games played. And if uh, if he keeps, uh, if he's healthy as well, because that was, that's that been a key for him too.
1: It has. And you've been saying this for weeks that Corey Dickerson would be the fit there in Miami. Now you probably had some inside dope on this that they were going after him. So I, I assumed when you were saying this to me all the time that you knew that this was a, a likely destination. Well, it was between. And it was, and Corey Dickerson is a nice.
2: Puig, Puig was a, they, they definitely would have, uh, they definitely would have signed Puig, but. I guess Puig just was wasn't really willing to get serious. Like he still is not serious about signing with anyone. So the Marlins didn't want to wait.
1: That was it. So does this prohibit them from getting Puig in any oh, way, yeah. shape, or form? Of course, yeah. No, okay. yeah, yeah, well, I'm just just uh, hey, I don't I don't know. You never know. It's teams teams go out there and surprise you with a lot of things. You know, I mean look at Toronto with that Ryu money, <laughs> I don't think any of us saw that coming. So you never know what a team decides to go. Oh, you know what? Let's go do this. But Corey Dickerson, from terms of power, is absolutely there. He's a 20 home run guy you're right? Um, in terms of batting average in a fantasy league kind of scenario, you we look back on it. And even outside of those Colorado years now, because we're pretty far removed, he hasn't played in Colorado since 2015. He's still a career 286 hitter. And I, I bet most people would not think that. And um, he's better than he gets credit for. You have to keep that in mind. He's not the greatest OBP guy in terms of a little bit of pop, uh, in terms of deep NL only or, you know, fifth, I think, Corey Dickerson plays that. I think it's a nice signing for the Marlins and a good situation for Corey Dickerson in terms of playing. It's just a matter of can he, like you said, stay on the field? Because uh, last year there were definitely some issues there. He played 135 games in 2018 last year, just 78. So if he's healthy and rebounding, this was a one-year deal or two, Craig? Two-year deal. Yeah, two-year deal. So the the, thought
2: thought process for him is that uh, he has a really good year this year. And then with Miami's prospects coming, they have the choice at the end of the year. Do they move him? Uh, you know, and just basically uh, insert some of these kids that they have coming up. Or do they keep them for a second year? If they would have that choice, if he plays well, they obviously will not have that choice if he doesn't. But that's the risk that you got to take to get a guy like this. You, none of these guys are doing two-year deals. You saw with Avicel Garcia. You saw it with Cole Calhoun. You'll probably end up seeing it with Cleek, too. Two years is the going rate for these free agent outfielders. So, um, All right. Uh, fourth down here. How about this story? 55-year-old hockey owner, Joe. Uh, over the weekend suited up to play in an emergency situation. Uh, this is the Elmira Enforcers against the Danbury Hat Tricks in a federal prospects hockey league Friday night. Uh, 55-year-old owner, Robbie Nichols, drafted 181st overall by the Philadelphia Flyers in 1983. He suited up 25 years after his last season of professional play. They uh, needed an extra guy. They were shorthanded after practice, Joe. The question is... Could me or you at even the age of 40 or 45 jump into
1: anything at this point? My, my answer would be no. <laughs> uh, hockey, definitely not. I, I consider myself a pretty decent athlete. Ice skating. I don't know why it's our kryptonite. Maybe I got weak ankles. I have no idea. This is hilarious. I thought that uh, Jerry Jones a couple weeks ago wanted to jump in and uh, and play somewhere for the Cowboys. You can see the frustration on his face. Um, I think I can still jump in and play baseball. Football, I want no piece of that. I don't want any piece of that contact. But Baseball. You know, I can hang out left field. Maybe a ball comes to you and finds you. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, I don't mind embarrassing myself at the plate. Uh, as long as they don't throw any off speed stuff or any curveballs, I'm OK. Just throw a fast and straight. I think I can handle myself. But uh, good for this guy. I like that. This is a fun. This is a feel good story right here. Old man owner jumping out there and uh, getting on the ice. I love it. How about you, Craig? Would you jump out there for anything? Uh, I
2: mean, I think you're right. I mean, softball would would certainly be the the speed at this point. I mean, anything that you do these days does require um, some endurance, and that's kind of the key to make it through. Baseball would probably be the least of that. Uh, but but as you know, obviously you have to run around a little bit. So I, I think wow. that's, I think softball or baseball would probably be the ticket for me at this point. All right, yeah, coming yeah, the up, the old next, man's game. <laughs> there it is. Uh, coming up next, we'll dive into some of the games that happened yesterday, including the biggest upset of the NFL season. Don't go away.
3: Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join dailyrodo.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a- Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pisapia.
0: These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. Worrying about physical separation, your own health, and the health of family and friends can weigh heavily on you. But with the help of CalHOPE, you can get important mental health resources and information to help you find your way in these difficult times. Call one 317 hope to talk to someone who can help. That's one 317 4673 Hope will persevere. These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. Worrying about physical separation, your own health, and the health of family and friends can weigh heavily on you. But with the help of CalHOPE, you can get important mental health resources and information to help you find your way in these difficult times. Call 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. HOPE will persevere.
3: Help you hear number... The Monday Replay.
1: Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays.
2: Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook. Listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. And here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Make a deposit... Place your first bet. DraftKings going to match it. 50% bonus up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users. Plus, new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Eligible restrictions apply. See website for details. You must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the show. Craig and Joe with you. And we start off, unfortunately, with the biggest upset of the season. Joe congratulated me 2 weeks ago when the when the Dolphins lost, you won your bet, you won your season win total. The, the Dolphins are not going to go to New England and win. And uh cost me a lot of money. Now I did not lose the bet, it was a push. But th- this I I think that the Dolphins beating the Patriots on the last day of the season, it it doesn't change my opinion of anything in terms of wagering, but I may not do season win totals in the NFL anymore. Like the, I have never felt as good of, on a total Ever and after weeks of the Dolphins being under five wins. I mean, never in my history of doing any of this. And to see them win this game just basically told me, you know what? I'm I just don't trust anything that I see in this league anymore. 27-24 the final. <laughs> Fitzpatrick 341, one touchdown, one rushing touchdown. Parker eight for one thirty-seven, other great game for him. Uh Nothing rushing wise. Uh, Brady, 221, two two touchdowns, one pick. Michelle was okay. 74 yards and a touchdown. The Patriots are down to throwing to a Landon Roberts, who scored a touchdown, 38-yarder, and uh, James White, three for 33. So this was the biggest upset all year long. It was not close. Miami going in as a two-touchdown-plus underdog with, with almost nothing to play for, beating New England. And uh, and they end up pushing their win total. And for a lot of people, it was a loss because four and a half was the number. But fortunately, we shopped this thing around, not thinking that we would need it. But let's just take the half uh, you know, win insurance and um, absolute nightmare.
1: Absolute nightmare
2: there to lose uh, to lose with this. Well,
1: terrible. I think there's two things in the beginning of the season you probably did not see coming. Uh, one is probably the amount that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to play. And despite what everybody might make jokes about, including me about Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's been an NFL quarterback for quite some time, over a decade now, and I think that we can look at that and go, he's at least a capable NFL quarterback. And I think the other emergence is Devontae Parker, who is a piece that I don't think any of us, nobody in the fantasy community saw it, nobody in the analyst community saw it, nobody in the general uh, fandom of Miami saw it, nobody saw Devontae Parker finally emerging now that the shadow of Adam Gase had gone into what he's become this season, which is a true wide receiver one. You go look at these numbers, He is right there. He is right there with some of the best of the best. He's only behind Michael Thomas in the last two months, basically in terms of yardage and production. So Parker has been so damn good. That has been the big difference maker in them being so competitive in some of these games here where you look at some of these beginning lines in the season and they were just laughable. You're like, oh my God, it's 19 or it's this or that. They're so bad. And then all of a sudden the second half, the Dolphins started playing better. And I give a lot of credit to Flores here, man. Flores has done a terrific job of getting this team prepared and a lot of people thought they were just tanking and nobody told Brian Flores because this team has been out there prepared, ready to play. They've still got a high draft pick. They have lots of picks as well. And I think this is a team that uh, is going to be competitive again next year, too, because I think they're making a statement here. And I think Parker is the reason for it. That's 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 the guy that I think is is the to blame for your win total, because you look at the beginning of the year and you look at this roster, you go, how are they scoring points? And finally, they figured out an answer. It's Fitzpatrick and, and Parker.
2: Yeah, Fitzpatrick had a great year for sure. But yeah, the, the, this, this win total, obviously, you know, for me to bet it, is the biggest surprise of the year. I think the Dolphins, to me, are the biggest surprise of the year. Good and, no, point. and no one in the world, after two weeks of the NFL season, no one in the world, if you would have given people and said, I'll give you Dolphins right now under two wins, you'd run to do that bet. You'd run. I mean, that's the, there was, the discussion was they're not winning a game the whole year. And they won five. I mean, it, it it just it stung me a little bit yesterday. It would have stung me a lot more if it was a loss. That's for sure. But this is as bad a beat on a push as you could possibly have. And and yeah, for the Patriots, we'll certainly see if they can pick up the pieces. Um, well,
1: what would surprise you more? A, a first round exit or a um a, another return to the Super Bowl for the Patriots?
2: Um.
1: Oh, I know my answer. My, for, for me, it's the Super Bowl appearance this year. I, I, that would surprise me way more than if they got bounced by the Titans next week, even though it's in New England.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to lose next week. I don't think okay. so. Yeah, I, I'm just I, I, I don't look at any one game ever and get to. And I understand they haven't played well in weeks, but I, I just feel like. Teams like this usually have the fleeting magic where they are able to put it all together again for one game and then suck you back in to making you think, and I think that's that's probably the route that New England goes this week. I just can't believe that the same Titans team, and again, Houston was playing for nothing, and and I, I'm, I'm not going to look at last week as an indicator of this week. Let's just put it that way. Um, and by the way, all New England has to do is just win. I mean, the spread's a different story, but all they would have to do is just beat Tennessee by one, and they had their chances against Miami, converted a lot of third downs too. Saints beat the Panthers 42 to 10. As Drew Brees, this one was just over very quickly. Drew Brees threw for 253 and three touchdowns. Murray 17 for 61. Alvin Kamara, they didn't really need much. He rushed for 39 yards and scored a couple touchdowns. Michael Thomas also was not needed much. Four for 37 there. Cook, another touchdown for him. Two for 44. Ends the season with a great year. Will Greer got hurt uh, very early, so they brought in Kyle Allen, who was okay. I mean, he'll be a backup forever in the league if he wants. 295, no touchdowns, one interception. They made a very big effort to get the ball to McCaffrey and get those uh, 1,000 receiving yards. So they did 1,000 rush, 1,000 receiving, fourth player ever in NFL history to do it. And somebody named Brandon Zilstra, who I had never heard of, uh, had six catches for 96 yards, and immediately in my dynasty league, everyone is, like, putting in bids for, like, 10 cents to get this Brandon <laughs> it's the only, only, unowned, only, only unowned player in the entire pool, I think, in weeks that anybody has even bid on. But all of a sudden, last night, it was like, boop, 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 boop. Okay, well, we got to figure out who this guy is for next year. Uh, but anyway, uh, they got the job done, Joe. I mean, the Saints uh, you know, played against a team that just completely fell apart in the second half uh, in Carolina. And now New Orleans is in a pretty good spot heading into the playoffs. Although, you know, again, that, that was a strange game a couple of years ago when they played that in that game against Minnesota. I wonder if the same thing happens this year.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, that's definitely going to be a fun one. The NFC has got a lot of fun matchups in it. Uh, and the Saints did roll today and it was great. Or should I say yesterday? they It was great to see McCaffrey get that record. What an incredible two years it's been for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, between the twenty eighteen season, which was absolutely remarkable, and then now this. So I know it was Marshall Falk and Roger Craig. Who was the other guy that I'm that I'm forgetting is the fourth guy that ever got the the thousand thousand mark, Craig? Do you, you know I,
2: I don't know, but I'm guessing it's Tomlinson, but I didn't I didn't look it up.
1: Ah, I thought Marshall Falk was the last one to do it. That's 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 the the nugget I had. But what you know, I I don't know what to to make of this going forward because it's impossible not to look at McCaffrey as number one overall pick. But at one point in time, because you and I both know, oh no, it was a tough a, game. Wait, wait,
2: maybe he's the third. Maybe I think
1: I think it's only Roger Craig and and Marshall Falk. I thought there was another one before, um, potentially Roger Craig. That I was like, oh man, no, he I was the really... third.
2: My bad. He was the no, third. it's okay,
1: all good. Yeah. Um. I guess here's my question how long as a keeper asset do you have McCaffrey before you consider cashing in that asset for people to completely overpay and give you just so much for it just to have him on their roster knowing at some point in time he's going to hit some sort of physical wall because it's the NFL and everybody does
2: you know one more year i
1: think that's it one more
2: yeah and 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 again you know the the narrative this year was that McCaffrey was not going to get nearly the amount of touches that he got the year before, and he got double <laughs> the amount of touches. So uh, I don't know what coach they're going to bring in. My guess is he gets scaled back a little bit next year, but not to the point where you should be dumping him. I, I think after next year, though is a possibility for sure. Well, that's he- going
1: to be interesting to see who they bring in and how the usage changes, if at all. To me, the biggest part for it was learning he could be this good with such bad quarterback play. That was the unknown because if you think, oh, like it, let's say he had this season under Cam Newton and they were a 500 team. And all of a sudden, Cam Newton left or there was some kind of, you know, just giant change. We'd all be looking at each other like, oh, no, what is he going to be if Kyle Allen's quarterback? Well, we know the answer to that, and that's thousand thousand. So yeah. that, to me, was the biggest takeaway from the season.
2: Packers beat the Lions 23 to 20. Green Bay needed to come all the way back to beat Detroit, who gave up the uh, Detroit, fought pretty hard toward the end of the season. At least uh, Aaron Rodgers did not have a good day. Twenty seven for fifty five. Yikes. Wow. Yeah. Less, less than 50 percent. Three two touchdowns, one interception. Aaron Jones, 25 for 100 and also 43 receiving yards. He left the game briefly in this one. Devontae Adams, seven catches, 93 yards and a touchdown. He ended the season very strong. And Alan Lazard looks like he's found a role with uh, Green Bay for next year. I'm sure he'll be there. Wide receiver three or wide receiver four. Carryon uh, Johnson also finished off the season pretty strong, 53 yards and a touchdown. Bo Scarborough who was basically out of the league will be a backup either on Detroit or someone else next year and probably a handcuff for someone. So we'll keep an eye on him. Uh, I believe Galladay got hurt this game. I'm not sure. I didn't, I I think I saw him come. Yeah.
1: Concussion. Yeah.
2: Okay. Three for uh, 72 yards for, uh, for Kenny Galladay. So, um, you know, Joe, look, Aaron Rodgers did not play particularly well in this one, and that's going to be the narrative as we move on here. But uh, at least they got themselves to buy. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, look, it's a big win there uh, for the Packers, um, and you're right. I mean, twenty-seven for fifty-five is not Aaron Rodgers that we've seen. There, there's been real decline in the last couple of years off of what was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. And I think a lot of people were reticent to acknowledge that. Uh, I think we can also look back at this year and all say that nobody was right about who the secondary wide receiver is going to be in Green Bay because there hasn't been one. It hasn't been Lazard. It hasn't been Geronimo Allison. It wasn't MVS. It wasn't any of those guys. Everybody picked a side. Everybody was like, up, oh, I'm Team MVS. I'm Team John Allison. And people who didn't have an opinion on it, all of a sudden they picked up Lazard off the waiver wire off that one game he had and thought, oh, that's going to be the guy. And it was none of them. And I don't know if it's just the way the offense runs now and how heavy it is with Aaron Jones, or if it's just a matter of maybe they just at this point in time in Aaron Rodgers' career. He can't make a secondary wide receiver on this team fantasy worthy anymore. And that's that's fine. There are some teams that are like that. But that's the biggest takeaway from this Packer season to me is like we can't go into next year looking at any of the guys they have on that roster uh, and thinking that those are guys are going to be fantasy relevant outside of Devonte Adams and uh, and Mr. Jones. That's it. Mr. Jones and me are going to be big stars. That's it.
2: Yeah, it was uh it was pretty much just trying to figure out all season long which of these guys would be the secondary options for the Packers, and none of them ended up working out. Uh, you know, Packers probably be a faded team in the playoffs, but we'll see in a couple of weeks. All right, quick time out here on the show. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today. So we take a look at the rest of the games in the NFL. Don't go away.
0: These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. CalHOPE, a program at the California Department of Health Care Services, can connect you with resources for mental wellness. Visit calhope at calhope.org to find tips and useful resources to support your mental wellness during these difficult times. Or call CalHOPE at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. Hope will persevere. These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. CalHOPE, a program at the California Department of Healthcare Services, can connect you with resources for mental wellness. Visit CalHOPE at calhope.org to find tips and useful resources to support your mental wellness during these difficult times. Or call CalHOPE at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. Hope will persevere. We'll be right back. back.
2: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia, with you here on the show as we get ready to wrap up this first hour of the show on this uh, December 30th, 2019. Uh, let's go back to uh, some of the games and how they factored in. The Kansas City Chiefs played the Chargers yesterday. And, uh, and who knew? The <laughs> Chiefs knew that they would have had a shot to actually get a bye. I'm sure they had no thought of that process going into the day, but... That's what ended up happening, and it didn't look uh, good early on. The Chargers actually took a lead in this one a couple different times. Uh, Mahomes, 174, one touchdown, one interception. The story for the Chiefs was Damian Williams, who finally, uh, after a year of disappointment, came through in their biggest moment. 12 for 124, two touchdowns. Wonder how good he'll be in the playoffs. Four for 61 from Tyreek Hill. Uh, For the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, 281, two touchdowns, two picks. Gordon... Very smartly, by the way, by the Chargers. I will give them credit for giving Gordon a ton of uh, catches and rushes. They had to do this. They could not leave this guy with all those fumbles at the end of the year. They know that they're going to need to get something for this guy. They gave him enough uh, volume here to make it worth it. Good good move by them. Uh, Eckler, 46 rushes, nine more catches for 43 yards. Uh, Keenan Allen, nine for 82 in a quiet game for Mike Williams, two for 38. But, Joe, uh, the Chiefs are in a really good spot here. I think that they could give the Ravens, if you're looking for a team, a run for their money. Vegas has the Chiefs as the not the favorite to win the Super Bowl, but they are second right there. And uh, certainly Damian Williams, who didn't have a good year, really came through for them at a big moment yesterday
1: much to the chagrin of all the Damian Williams truthers who drafted him high and he did absolutely nothing for most of the year and there he is week 17 where your playoff hopes probably went down the drain already uh there he is having the game that you were waiting for him to have all this time and I think that's a a very frustrating thing to watch I do agree with you that the Chiefs are the team and I think that the way the defense is played especially down the stretch here that this is a team that can really go up there and beat the Ravens. And I'll tell you what, uh, I I can't wait to see what the line on that game is going to be. I know it will be in Baltimore. uh, And eventually (laughs) I just feel like this is where, this is where the AFC is going. Eventually we're going to see these two teams match up and it's going to be fascinating to watch because Mahomes was the darling last year, Lamar Jackson, the darling this year of the NFL. And, um, the problem has always been the Chiefs defense. And all of a sudden, last six weeks, that unit has really played much, much better football. So, I mean, basically, you could look at it coming out of the bye, too. They've just been terrific. They came out of the bye, beat the Patriots, and they've been rolling ever since. And with a healthy Patrick Mahomes and a healthy Damian Williams, maybe, and a little bit more balance in that offense, they become very dangerous on the Charger side of this game. Yeah, I mean, Gordon's gone, so I mean we'll see where he ends up next year. Um, Eckler certainly has shown that he can be the guy, and from a fantasy perspective, I know that's going to be the guy, I think, in 2020, you're going to see the biggest variance of ADP. If you look on Fantasy Pros or somewhere else, that you'll see people take Austin Eckler as early as fifth overall and as late as in the second round. It's going to be fascinating to watch, and of course, the Philip Rivers era ending as well. So I guess the question I have for you is, uh, do you see Phillip Rivers next year landing in, say, a Tampa situation and taking over surprisingly? Or does he go to a a place potentially as a backup? Is he still a starter in the league, in your opinion?
2: Uh, You know, Joe, I think that he ends up in a Flacco situation. That's what it feels like. I feel like he'll be a better Flacco next year. He'll go to a team that's not expected to compete that is kind of in pseudo-teardown mode like uh, Denver was, keep the seat warm for for some rookie quarterback, and then inevitably, uh, I think next year he'll be his uh, last year in the league. So whether it is Tampa, which is not a terrible idea, uh, Carolina, which definitely has to be considered, I would also go as far after what I've seen the last six weeks, Indianapolis, Joe, would be another spot. I think that could be a possibility for him. Jacksonville and remember he's from North Carolina in that area so maybe somewhere closer to the east he's got his you know final chance to play closer to home so uh, we'll see but I do not think he is back with the Chargers. Well there's he's an here.
1: interesting one is Carolina a spot where you give him McCaffrey and, and DJ Moore and and uh, the homecoming is that is that a is that something that you think will be appealing it for a coach be. to go in there and take a veteran quarterback with him because you know the veteran QB when you come in as a new coach that kind of gives you a year or two of seeing what happens with that guy. And if that doesn't work, if you're still at least a decent competitive franchise, they sometimes let you shop for the groceries and pick a new one.
2: Yeah, it very well could be. Yeah, it very well could be. Um, All right, uh, Titans, Texans. Uh, So basically this was a game that the uh, Texans knew that they didn't really have any reason to play in, and so they didn't play any of their guys. Tannehill, as we mentioned, one ninety-eight, two touchdowns. Henry, thirty-two rushes, three touchdowns came through in a big way there. AJ Brown finished the season strong as well, four for one twenty-four and a touchdown. And Corey Davis, four for forty-four. Uh, Houston played AJ McCarron, kept the game close for about a half, two twenty-five, and he also rushed for a touchdown. DeAndre Carter was his primary receiver, six for sixty-five. Hyde didn't play, so Duke Johnson did, and Duke Johnson rushed for a touchdown. So really, nothing to focus in on Houston except for they're headed toward the playoffs, and of course, will host Buffalo on Saturday. But for Tennessee, they do provide uh, an interesting situation, Joe. At the very least, for New England, you know they they their offense has been much better than anybody expected, and we'll see if that continues.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, well, here here's a question for you. And I don't mean this in any facetious way whatsoever. Is A.J. Brown deserving of rookie of the year? Thousand yards receiving eight touchdowns in a rookie season? Uh, I mean, I don't
2: think he'll win it, but he did finish stronger than any of the other rookies. So it's not a we don't talk about
1: him. You know, we talked about the strong finish from Miles Sanders a lot last week, but we really haven't talked as much in this same conversation of the Kyler Murray, Josh Jacobs group as we have about A.J. Brown and I think we did a bad job there. I think we look back on the season and the rookies and we look at who whose season really impacted the most. I mean, Kyler Murray, no doubt, as a, as a quarterback, was a huge win there. Josh Jacobs clearly uh, gave the Raiders an all-purpose back that they've been lacking for some time. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like A.J. Brown, he, he had some inconsistencies in the game log, especially earlier in the season. But then again... I don't know if we want to hang that all on him. And now the strong finish here for him. I mean, that is that's a pretty impressive thing here for him to have a have thousand yards and eight touchdowns and help the team get to the playoffs. Whereas Oakland's on the outside looking in and uh, Kyler Murray's on the outside looking in. But that guy, that dude's in the playoffs. Yeah, no,
2: look, it's it's I, I don't wouldn't rule anything out. I mean, it's certainly possible, but. Uh, You know, Jacobs from start to finish had a better year. Murray from start to
1: finish probably had a better year. Well, I think Sanders is the guy that nobody talks about that really deserves the the second look, because that's a guy that's finished stronger than any of these guys necessarily. Uh, And also the team made the playoffs. But it's a it's a better rookie class than I think people thought it was going to be coming into the season. Yeah, it's true, because for fantasy,
2: we really didn't focus on a lot of guys. And by the way, uh, I don't think it by any way shape or form Minshew is going to win the rookie of the year but i will tell you this if they didn't bench Minshew for Foles, he would have had a good shot at this even with the losses that they had i think that he, he might have had been. a good chance
1: you know I mean, why because you can make, make that. how he finished could, you can make the argument there some of the big games that Foles had those were good matchups too for any of the quarterbacks that would have been playing so you could definitely make the case there that he would have been right neck and neck but I, 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 Ryan Tannehill is definitely one of the best stories here. Ryan Tannehill helped me win a, a flex championship because I lost Andrew Luck, and I was searching for that second quarterback, and eventually I just said, eh, you know what, let's try Ryan Tannehill, and we joked a lot uh, on preseason Black Book shows about how many games Tannehill would end up playing over Mariota, and all of us took Tannehill, but I don't think any of us thought that he would make them a playoff team, and I think it's great to see Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker all of these guys outside of the shadow of Adam Gase now all of a sudden become better football players so I mean the common denominator no matter what you all look at is Adam Gase is kind of the guy who ruins all the all the good toys he's that kid that comes over to your house and he uh and he's you show him the nice nice toys you have and he breaks them all and then he leaves and goes somewhere else and I just feel like that's the case and Derek Henry would a What an incredible season for him in this game. On the flip side of this game for the Texans, I got to ask you, Craig, how confident are you in the Texans' ability to win a playoff football game at this point?
2: Not very. I I was not very big on them going into the season, and and that was another team that kind of burned me a little bit. Their total was eight and a half, and of course they got above that. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of this team. And I do think that Buffalo has a really good shot to beat them. But in terms of wagering, you have to give the home team in the playoffs if they're a viable team and three points like you have to do that. And so that's basically saying that Houston and Buffalo are even I am surprised it's three and a half. I am. I am surprised it's three and a half and not three. But by the end of the week, I think money probably will end up coming in on on the bills. But I'll, I I can't see a scenario where I take Houston So it would either be taking Buffalo or nothing for me coming up this weekend. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, that's the first hour of our show here on Fantasy Sports today. But don't go anywhere. We got another hour to go, which would include the wild game last night that finished off between the 49ers and Seahawks. Uh, Also, Eagles and Giants and the rest of the NFL slate injuries and everything else that you could ask for. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Craig Manchelon with Joe Pizapia with you here until 2 o'clock. And then Full-Time Fantasy takes over with Dr. Odo. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back for hour number two in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away.
0: These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. Worrying about physical separation, your own health, and the health of family and friends can weigh heavily on you. But with the help of CalHOPE, you can get important mental health resources and information to help you find your way in these difficult times. Call 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. HOPE will persevere. These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. CalHOPE, a program at the California Department of Health Care Services, can connect you with resources for mental wellness. Visit CalHOPE at calhope.org to find tips and useful resources to support your mental wellness during these difficult times. Or call CalHOPE at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. Hope will persevere.
2: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today
1: as we wrap up the first hour of the show. Here's what you missed. Yeah, I did get to watch Joe Burrow uh have a million touchdowns at halftime which was fascinating and fun, and then I got to watch the other great quarterback uh engineer quite a little comeback there against Ohio State, the Ohio State for those of you confused whether or not it was actually Ohio State or some other Ohio State. But yes, what a what a fun different organization of the NFL playoffs we've got now we've got some teams in it that uh, certainly look like they are on the upswing we've got some teams hanging on by a thread like my New England Patriots who seem like they are just you know it's not their year which I'm sure the rest of the NFL is absolutely rejoicing but it's absolutely a uh, week 17 that has some playoff games within it and uh, it was a fun day of football that's for sure I like when all the games are all there on Sunday that that's a good time
2: yeah and, and it provides for a lot of drama especially with the way that they set it up uh, with the four o'clock Eastern games unfortunately there really didn't turn out to be a ton of drama as far as who was in and who was out. Those things just kind of sorted themselves out. But just uh, And we'll go through all of the, the, uh, the games coming up here in a minute. We have you know coaches fired and all that stuff to talk about. And we'll have that throughout the day, all the coverage here on FNTSY Radio. But the two AFC matchups, Joe, end up being the Bills and the Texans. The Texans are three and a half point favorites and the total is 42. The Titans and the Patriots on the Saturday night matchup. Uh, right now, New England is minus five with a forty-three and a half. and a half total in that one and the NFC, the Seahawks and Eagles, of course, Seattle and San Francisco played maybe the most exciting game of the year last night. So, uh, Seattle at uh, Philly, Philly minus one and a half total 46 Vikings at the saints and not a lot of love for the Vikings after the way they've looked down the stretch and new Orleans is minus eight and the total is 47. So, uh, We know, obviously, there's going to be an upset among these four. I mean, we don't know who, we don't know what yet. We'll get down and dirty that on Thursday here on the show. But, Joe, what are your early thoughts on these uh, playoff matchups? I think it's pretty obvious that Houston was going to get that Saturday at uh, 4.30. That was the one thing that they play every year at that time, it feels like. That was the one thing that you knew. But the other other matchups are at least interesting because when you factor in wins and losses, probably hard to go against a lot of the home teams. But we know it's interesting out of these four home teams, someone's going down.
1: Yeah, someone is. Uh, I think it might be the Patriots. I really do. Uh, I mean, that was a look the the game that they lost against the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. That was a game that kind of got taken out of their hands by the referees. And that happens. It happens to every team. But this was a game that they kind of just gave away. And uh, looking at what the Patriots are not on offense. I think the defense has been stressed a little bit over this length of the season. The Patriots defense was outstanding. They were all world for the first 10 weeks. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. hour number two, if you're listening live. Or if you're listening on demand, this is
2: FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish Fantasy Sports Today.
0: If you're feeling anxious, stressed, or lonely in these difficult COVID times, call Cal Hope at one 317 hope to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. HOPE will persevere. If you're feeling anxious, stressed, or lonely in these difficult COVID times, call CalHOPE at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. Hope will persevere.